from Australia. This is the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au. Hey, you've made the right choice. It is the WIA National News. This edition for week commencing October 24 in the good year 2021 and I'm Graham VK4BB. WIA announces new club coordinator. Peter Schrader, WIA Director, VK4EA, writing on WIA front page news, tells how Angelo Goofrey, VK2NWT, is our new WIA club coordinator. Angelo, as far as background goes, is owner and operator of a post office in the Snowy Mountains and prior to that was the local news agent in Jindabyne for 13 years after working a long stint in ski resort administration. He's been a very keen shortwave listener for many years and a licensed amateur since 2009, member and secretary of the Snowy Mountains Amateur Radio Club. In more WIA news... It's good morning to Lee Moyle. Good morning from Lee Moyle, VK3GK, WIA Vice President. Contest 2x1 call sign wrap-up. Wednesday, 13th of October 2021 at 10am will be remembered by many VK contesters as Frenzy Day. The instant demand at exactly 10am for 2x1 contesting call signs definitely stress-tested the AMC website in more ways than one. Luckily for all those applying, it was a serious pile-up, with anxious feelings of missing out, waiting impatiently for that two-by-one page refresh, not unlike waiting to hear the rare DX return your call sign and then when propagation shifts, and unfortunately that rare one you need for honour roll is all but gone. It seems many felt that they may have been a busted call, or not in log, during the frenzy. Understandably, the AMC office has been inundated with phone calls, Let us sincerely hope that the callers were understanding and respectful of the AMC office staff who continue to do an excellent job at managing all things amateur radio, including examination, processing and call sign recommendations, etc. The day one results are actually quite surprising, as after all the dust has settled, only about 138 call signs were allocated out of about 702, or around 19.5%. The highest demand was for two-by-ones was from the eastern states of VK3, 2 and VK4 in that order, with many now being allocated. The VJ and VL prefixes seeming not so popular, however still being sought after for use in general and WPX prefix type contesting. More interesting to note is that not a single VK9 2-by-1 call sign had been allocated. VK3 has had more issued than all of VK1, VK5, VK6, VK7 and VK8 combined. Who would have even considered that so many contesters lived in VK3? A snapshot on day 7, which was last Wednesday, 20th of October, reveals that there has only been another 156 call signs allocated, or at least removed from the AMC available 2x1 call sign register. The list shows fewer than 10 available in VK3, but many are still unclaimed from all the other states. Collectively, about 408 remain. This reflects about 43% of the available 702 2x1 call signs having been allocated. Considerable thanks need to be given to all the members of the VK Contest Club, VKCC, who inspired and began this 2x1 call sign project well over 10 years ago 
and have continually pushed the two-by-one callsign agenda. The WIA thanks all stakeholders and individuals who contributed to the success of this long-term project. In particular, the WIA congratulates the Australian Maritime College, AMC, for a successful release and implementation of the 2 by one callsign blocks to the amateur radio contesting community. To apply for a 2 by one contest callsign, advanced only, go to the AMC website and follow the instructions. With less than a week to go until the biggest global HF contest, the CQ Worldwide SSB contest, many are praying to the contesting gods that AMC along with the ACMA will have these new 2 by one callsigns granted for use. 7-3 from Lee, VK3GK. Now, international news with Jason, VK2LAW. Yes, it sure is international news, and it's thanks to IARU, RSGB, RAC, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, NZART, EHAN, Amateur Radio Newsline, and the worldwide sources of the Wireless Institute of Australia. Leading this week's international news, radio amateurs invited to participate in the Antarctic Eclipse Festival in December. As the shadow of the moon passes across Antarctica on December 4, it will generate travelling ionospheric disturbances that will, in turn, affect radio propagation. The unusual geometry of this year's eclipses will give researchers an opportunity to investigate complicated ionospheric dynamics over the poles as the long daytime of polar summer is briefly interrupted by the eclipse. During this Hamsi Eclipse Festival, hams and citizen scientists are asked to collect Doppler shift data from time-standard stations such as WWV. All that's needed is an HF radio connected to a computer. Data collection will run from December 1 through to December 10. All radio amateurs and shortwave listeners are invited to join in, even those located far from the path of totality. In 2020, more than 100 individuals from 45 countries took part in eclipse festivals. For more information on the Antarctic Eclipse Festival and how to participate, visit the HAMSI website, hamsci.org. No ham radio for Golden Globe Race 2022. Yachting Monthly magazine reports the use of amateur radio in the Golden Globe Race 2022 has been banned due to unlicensed usage in 2018. The magazine says... Next year, the Golden Globe race will return, but with some changes. Ham radio will also be banned, replaced with a 100% waterproof HF, SSB radio and weather facts for receiving weather charts. In 2018, there was controversy when it was revealed some of the skippers didn't have ham radio licences. This change has caused concerns with some of the 2018 entrants highlighting difficulties in picking up Global Maritime Distress and Safety System, GMDSS, frequencies in the Southern Ocean due to the shrinking of the broadcasting network as many more mariners rely on satellite communication. The route is also different in the Golden Globe Race 2022, making it less demanding on the boats, according to McIntyre. Up in Region 1, the Swedish Communications Regulator, PTS, has issued a clarification about the expiry date of permits for high-power operation above 200 watts. 
Amateur radio users who were licensed for transmission with a higher power than is normally permitted by PTS regulations, exempting the use of certain radio transmitters and expiring on the 31st of December 2021 need not apply for a new permit. The Swedish Post and Telecom Authority extends these permits for five years at a time. The extended permits will be issued before the end of the year. What's a long length of LAN cable? A transmitter, of course. LAN cables can be sniffed to reveal network traffic with a $30 setup, says researcher. An Israeli researcher has demonstrated that LAN cables' radio frequency emissions can be read by using a $30 off-the-shelf setup, potentially opening the door to fully developed cable-sniffing attacks. Mordecai Guri of Israel's Ben-Gurion University of the Negev described the disarmingly simple technique, which consists of putting an ordinary radio antenna up to 4 metres from a Category 6A Ethernet cable and using an off-the-shelf software-defined radio SDR to listen around 250 megahertz. From an engineering perspective, these cables can be used as antennas and used for RF transmission to attack the air gap, said Guri. He added that the setup's $1 antenna was a big limiting factor and that specialised antennas could well reach tens of metres of range. The research shows that poorly shielded cables have the potential to leak information which sysadmins may have believed were secure or otherwise air-gapped from the outside world. And wrapping up this week's international news from Region 3, a writing in the Alara newsletter, President Linda, Victor Kilo 7, Quebec Papa, made note that Women Amateur Radio Operators of New Zealand, WARO, is up and running again. Nair Zulu Lima 2 Uniform Juliet Tango reports that 12 people attended a recent meeting and plans for the coming year have been established. This will include a Monday night net, a quarterly bulletin and one formal meeting a year at the NZART conference. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. Now, operational news with Felix, VK4FUQ. Hello there. An important meaningful contest is looming. For 36 hours between the 26th and 28th of October, international teams of radio operators will push the limits of their abilities and their radio equipment to compete in an event that military organisers in Canada are calling the world's most prestigious military-led high-frequency radio competition. Graham VK4 Baker Baker has the details later when Rich joins us with Special Interest Group News. Spring VHF UHF Field Days November 2728. CQ Worldwide CW Contest November 2728. December 4 and 5, 160 metres worldwide. December 11, 12, 10 metres worldwide. 2022. 20, January the entire month every year is the WIA Ross Hull VHF UHF Marathon Contest. 0000 hours UTC 1 January to 2359 hours UTC 31st January. WIA VHF UHF Field Days Summer 2022 0100 hours UTC Saturday 15 January through 0059 hours UTC Sunday 16 January.
Deficit VK6. DX window. Republic of Korea, HL. Special call sign HL30UN is QRV until October 31. To celebrate the 30th anniversary since the Republic of Korea was admitted to membership in the United Nations. QSL via A5GL. Antarctica. A group of operators are QRV as KC4USV for McMurdo Station on Ross Island. IOTA AN011. Until October 31. Activities on 40 and 20 metres using SSB and FT8. QSL via K7MT. Speaking of the Antarctic, news of a French special event. Station TM60ANT between November 16 and 30. Activities to commemorate the 60th anniversary of the Antarctic Treaty signature. Activity will be on various HF bands between 40 and 10 metres. QSL via FADVD Direct, SAE, plus two USDs, or by the Bureau. France was one of the 12 countries who signed the ATS in Washington on December 1, 1959. The treaty was officially entered into force on June 23, 1961. Austria. Members of the Amateur Radio Contest X Club will be QRV as 4U2U between October 10 to 31 to celebrate the United Nations Day. QSL Vibura. Until the 2nd of November, West of Scotland ARS are running station GB4GDS, celebrating 90 years of the Guide Dog Association. More information about the station can be found at WOSARS.club. SAR on News report that a special call sign ZS18 Moth will commemorate the signing of the armistice 103 years ago. Monday, 11 November 1918, the armistice was signed in a railway carriage of General Fox Special Train located in the forest at Rithards in France, on the Western Front. At 11 o'clock, the roar of guns ceased as peace and silence finally descended on the Western Front, ending the First World War. The call sign represents ZS, South Africa. 18, 1918, the year the guns of World War I fell silent, and moth. The Memorial Order of the Tin Hats. The call sign will be active from 0600 hours UTC on Thursday 11 November until 1600 hours UTC on Sunday 14 November on 80, 40, 20, 15 and 10 metres. Panama. 3E200P from Colon, Panama, marking the nation's 200th anniversary of independence from Spain. The station is on air until November 30 on various HF bands using several modes. QSL via club logs, OQRS or LOTW. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ, Inningham. Who listens to radio? That go where you go medium called radio. Media Watch. And in the media, only two reports into WIA National News on last week's Jota Jota did we receive. One from the Ipswich and District Amateur Radio Club, the other 
from activity in, of all places, Saudi Arabia. The Saudi story we'll hear in a moment when VK3 FFF steps up to the microphone in Special Interest Group News. The VK item, those who also get Q News in primarily VK4, Alan VK4 HIT will report. Also in Q News, Clive VK4 ACC and news of a new life member of his radar club in Rocky. But now in Media Watch, this note in, last week, and I quote, Just a quick note to let you know that I've been rebroadcasting WIA National News on Sundays at 10am on my narrowcasting station, Spud FM in Kalbar, Queensland. Kalbar, of course, is in the Lockyer Valley, potato heaven, hence Spud FM. Now, it's become an extension of my amateur radio hobby, and I thought, what better way to get interested in the hobby itself? I have no idea on the number of listeners. Cheers from Paul Tiffany, VK4ZEN, VK4IV. Well done, Paul. And to those listening on Spud FM, stay tuned. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. Now, Special Interest Group News with Bruce, VK3FFF. And a very good day to you. Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Summits on the air. Worldwide Flora Fauna Program. Parks on the air and other adventure groups. First, POTA. Parks on the air in India. Arun Ava Day. Call sign VU3XRY. And Abrajit Das, VU3YDA, have recently operated HF from Kanjanjunga National Park, designated as VU0081, above an altitude of 6,000 feet ASL in Sikkim, India. This is an historical moment for them as they are the first to participate in an international event known as Parks on the Air, POTA, from India. They achieved around 14 contacts from all over India, over HF Radio, and are hoping for more next time they go parking. Worldwide special interest groups, ballooning. A South African club, the Secunda Amateur Radio Club, will be launching a balloon-carrying amateur radio known as the Bakar Project on Saturday, the 30th of October. Several interesting payloads are being prepared, including the new AMSAT SA AfriCube linear transponder, slow scan TV, a cross-band FM repeater and an iron thruster scientific experiment. Amateurs from various clubs are involved in this project. Worldwide special interest groups, Final Frontier, adapter structure with 10 CubeSats installed on top of Artemis moon rocket. Workers at NASA's Kennedy Space Center have lifted the Orion Stage Adapter on top of the Space Launch System moon rocket, adding the structure housing 10 CubeSat rideshare payloads heading into deep space on the Artemis 1 mission. NASA has not announced a target launch date for the mission, but it is expected to fly sometime in early 2022. 
the test flight will pave the way for the next SLS Orion mission, Artemis II, to carry four astronauts to lunar orbit as soon as 2023. The astronauts, who will ride SpaceX's newest Dragon spaceship into orbit later this month, have named their spacecraft Endurance as a tribute to the human spirit and an historic sailing vessel used by Antarctic explorer Ernest Shackleton. The new spacecraft is scheduled to launch to the ISS on October 30th, carrying Rajachari KI-5LIU, Tom Marshburn, KE5HOC, and Matthias Mora, KI5KFH, and Kayla Barron, KI5LAL. Worldwide Special Interest Group, Military, an exercise known as Noble Skywave, is a friendly contest among military radio operators and their affiliates to contact other teams, making use of voice and data modes. VK4BB, Graham, our editor, filed this report for Amateur Radio Newsline. Teams can comprise radio operators active in various nations' military forces or they can be in the Reserves or National Guard. Operators also participate from the US Military Auxiliary Radio System and the Canadian Forces Affiliated Radio System. This year, more than 150 teams in 10 nations are expected to be on the air, hoping to be crowned the best of the best. Although the majority of participants are in the US and Canada, past exercises have drawn participation from teams here in Australia, the UK, New Zealand and Peru. The communications and electronics branch of the Canadian Armed Forces have been at the helm of this training exercise since 2013. Lieutenant Taylor Curran of the Canadian Armed Forces 21st Electronic Warfare Regiment told Amateur Radio Newsline in an email statement his regiment is the lead mounting unit for the event. I'm Graham Kemp, VK4BB. Thanks, boss. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Radio Scouting. Jota, Jyoti, done and dusted for another year, deemed a remarkable event. From all corners of the globe they came. Scouting's youngsters stepped up to the microphone, helping bring a sense of belonging to all in these COVID times. In the Middle East, in partnership, Princess Noura bint Abdulrahman University, Alawid Philanthropies and World Scouting joined forces to empower the next generation of young female leaders. On the 15th to 17th of October, last weekend, Jota Jyoti connected millions of young people around the world over online activities that promoted friendship and global citizenship. In Saudi Arabia, it rallied support in achieving the kingdom's ambitions of garnering one million individuals to volunteer per year. This year's Jota Jyoti event was in full support of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals with the PNU Female Scouts' involvement having created particular alignment with gender equality. Special Interest Groups, VHF and above, the plumber's delight. The Brisbane VHF Group are holding a 122 GHz testing and tune-up day starting at 10am today, Sunday the 24th of October, at the clubhouse of the Redcliffe and Districts Radio Club. Robert Thompson, VK4TFN here. 
The Brisbane VHF Group will hold a 122 GHz testing and tune-up day starting at 10am on Sunday, the 24th of October 2021 at the clubhouse of the Redcliffe and Districts Radio Club. Go to www.redcliffradioclub.org.au. There's a link which will help you to find us. The VK3CV 122GHz transverter system will be demonstrated. This is a chance to learn about microwave technology. So come along, say hello, set up your equipment and show us what you can do. It'll be a good day out. Special Interest Groups, VLF. Alex Anderson Alternator to Transmit Today, UN Day. The Alex Anderson Association is once again marking United Nations Day Sunday the 24th of October by transmitting a global message in Morse on the historic Alex Anderson Alternator at the World Heritage Grimton radio station in Sweden. The CW message will be transmitted on 17.2 kilohertz. The transmitter uses the call sign SAQ, Sierra Alpha Quebec. The event itself will be carried live on the association's YouTube channel. The transmission and YouTube live stream starts at 14.25 UTC. Worldwide special interest groups, Yota, Youngsters on the Air. Students at the forefront of space. After months and months of research, testing and development, the Portland State Aerospace Society is preparing to hand off Oregon's first satellite destined for the stars. The interdisciplinary student group will deliver the satellite known as Orsat Zero to Seattle's Spaceflight Inc., who will integrate Orsat Zero into its Sherpa orbital transfer vehicle. The propulsive vehicle will carry and deploy many small satellites to orbit. After hitching a ride to space aboard a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket, scheduled to launch no earlier than January 2022. Allsat Zero is the first in a series of three satellites designed by the Portland State Aerospace Society and is just about the size of a tissue box. The satellite includes solar panels, batteries, a colour camera and an amateur radio system. Finally, don't forget that the new youth category for the CQ Worldwide DX Contest will debut October 30th, 31st with the Phone Weekend. The category covers contesters aged 25 years old or younger and applies to both the Phone and CW Weekends. CW, November 27th and 28th. I'm Bruce, VK3 Triple F from sunny Bendigo. The social scene, then we'll tie the ribbon on the final final. Only one event happening in VK right through from now till the end of the year. Well, it is only about, what, eight weeks to go. In VK3, Rosebud Radio Fest. It's organised by Spark. It happens November 14 at 9.30am. For more info, if you're in the region, contact VK3PDG. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contact from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au. So, to the final final. Maybe the first year of pandemic living was good for something. 
the number of UFO sightings in the U.S. state of Idaho skyrocketed in 2020 to almost 130 reports. The number of sightings in 2019 was also more than 100, but 2021 has been significantly less exciting. It makes sense there would be more UFO sightings in 2020. Everyone was stuck at home and we'd already binge-watched all the shows we could. We all got bored, ventured out of our homes and surprised all the aliens who thought we'd be hiding indoors. In 2020, there were 128 UFO sightings reported. Back in 2019, the number was 104. And so far this year, there have only been 39 reports. And... I've got a theory on why there are fewer sightings this year. You see, aliens can get COVID too. Just like in the War of the World story, I think the aliens can get sick just the same as we humans, and that's been their demise. We hid in our houses, they ventured out more and more and got sick. Their alien immune systems couldn't handle the human virus, and they died. Now, there are still some out there, but not nearly as many as before, and that's why we've seen a decline in reportings to the New Fork, that's the National UFO Reporting Centre website. And with that, I'm out of here. I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au.